Well, hello there. It's time for another episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. But before I proceed, let me tell you the Let's Go Eat Show is created and produced on a PC laptop's computer. It's right here. Yeah, there it is. You're holding it up. I'm tapping it. New computers starting at just $7.99. PC laptops. Let's see if I can say it like Dan does. We love you. No, that wasn't even close. No? That was bad. Oh. You didn't know. Hey, you, and Christmas is right around the corner. Okay. And, and a PC laptop. PC, you and can't a, even say laptops right. At PC laptops, we love you. Well, that's close. Eh. Uh, first of all, let me warn you that uh, today's episode of the Let's Go Eat Show is guaranteed to contain adult material. Okay. Okay. And I would also tell you that uh, the uh, the views of expressed on uh, the Let's Go Eat show are not indicative of uh, the sponsors, if we had any other than PC Laptops. I think PC Laptops doesn't care about our views. No. Well, PC expressed. Laptops like sandwiches. I think yeah. they'd be down for this episode. Yeah. We're talking to uh, Tony Caputo on today's uh, Let's Go Eat show. Yeah. Uh, he's the sandwich maker. He's a sandwich king. He's he, man. Does this man know sandwiches? We sample some uh, uh, sandwiches now. Before you say what the, I'm not going to listen to a listen to a podcast about a guy who makes sandwiches. He, he is much more than that. He's an interesting guy. He knows the history of sandwiches here in Salt Lake and chocolate, and he's also a member of the Old Coots Giving Advice uh, podcast. Old Coots Giving Bad Advice podcast, yep. produced right here on uh, Podspace, yep. the same network that produces the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, uh, we want to remind you about Patreon. Yep, if you would like to support the Let's Go Eat show, and who wouldn't? Oh, you wouldn't? Well, then you go Screw away. Screw off. Go away right now. Don't be so harsh. Just go away. Um, you have to say, some really great podcasting has been happening in the last few episodes of the Let's Go Eat Double Shot episodes. Yeah. And if you want to support the Let's Go Eat show and you want to hear those, you have to go to Patreon to hear them. Patreon.com. So, yeah. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Uh, support the Let's Go Eat show or we won't be able to eat. That's it. So I think you'll enjoy Tony Caputo. He's been around this valley for a long, long time, knows a lot of stuff, and man, does that man know how to make a sandwich. So without further ado, take it away, Bill Allred. Oh, that's me. It's kind of stupid to introduce myself, isn't I'll, it? I'll just push, I'll just play the thing now. Okay. What, is this, is this your favorite water? That's the one I just grabbed out of the, out of the cooler. You like them all? Yeah, no, so, but I do like this one. It's not too, some of them are kind of salty and this is kind of not, not too salty. I remember, Ferrelli? I remember the Ferrelli, is that what it is? Ferrarelli. 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 I think I, the first time I ever went to Europe was the first time I encountered this this idea when a waiter came to the table and he said, uh, would, would you care for water? And I said, sure. And he said, sparkling or still? Yeah. And I thought, what, what the fuck are you talking about? They put glitter in it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> sparkling or still? Yeah. And I, didn't, I really did not quite know what he meant. So you were in Britain. Anywhere else it's Gaza non Gaza. Oh yeah, that's right. Gaza or non gas or gas or non gas. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. yeah, they they and now here in Salt Lake they'll all, almost always ask you, you know, uh, uh, sparkling still or tap. Yeah. I always go for tap. I do too. Yeah. I always just say tap is yeah. fine. I already sold you that sparkling water. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not buying it back at nine bucks a bottle. Uh, but to, uh, Tony Caputo and you, but you brought this. Uh, we don't officially ever start this podcast. This we, is how we start. We yeah, I know. I've, I, I heard. <laughs> I listened to. Uh, the, so this is uh, sparkling water from Italy. Italy. Italia. Italia. Um, I like sparkling water, but at home, you know, I've got one of those, those what's it called? A little machine. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. That gas machine. What's it called? Um, God, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. The, um, well, Which sandwich is this? That one's a Caputo. It's just a Caputo witch. A Caputo witch, yeah, as, as my dear departed mother used to say. Yeah. Whenever we, whenever somebody was in Salt Lake, or she was in Salt Lake herself, but if somebody was going to Salt Lake, she'd say, "When you're coming back to Ogden, would, would you mind picking me up a Caputo witch?" <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, she always, man, she loved that sandwich. So this is what what meats are on here: prosciutto, mortadella, and Genoa salami. And and this is just 
uh, I mean, so you named that sandwich after yourself. Yeah. Uh, what makes it a Caputo special? <laughs> <laughs> I had to name something a Caputo, okay. so it may as well have been that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so let's go back to the water for just a second. Yeah. This is there. Uh, wa- there are so many varieties. Yeah. Tell just what do you know about this particular one? This for Farrelly. Well, I know that it's in my store, and it's not particularly salty. No. And it's fizzy. So, But it's not, not real fizzy either. No. Is it natural carbonation? Yes. This is a naturally. Yeah, I better read this and say naturally sparkling mineral water. It's interesting that water can come out of the ground already fizzy like yeah. this. Under pressure. Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. <laughs> and then some, spar- a lot of sparkling waters are just, they add it. They, they yeah. add the carbonation. It's like I do at home. Yeah, with yeah. your machine that we yeah. can't think of the name <laughs> of right now. It's killing I'm me. I'm embarrassed. Too. I'm 30 years old, 31 and years old. This is, listen. And so, I just now learned that water comes out of the grounds. Really? Yeah, a naturally sparkling. Yeah. Sure. Well, in this place in Italy, for one, bottled at the Fonte source. Fonte Farrelli. What percentage of say. water that you buy, Listen, sparkling my fa- water, is natural oh, a from lot. the ground? Uh, my favorite sparkling water is the uh, the Mexican one that I like, um, Topo Chico, Topo Chico. Uh-huh. that comes from Monterey, uh-huh. and it comes out of the ground. Just yeah. oh, and it's really good. It's strong sparkling. Yeah. And it comes out of the ground with a har- very harsh sparkle. Minerals. A, Minerals. Lot of, a lot of the mineral flavors yeah. come through. Yeah. One of the most interesting things when I was first starting out in this business 30, 35 years ago in the, in the deli business, I've been, I was in the restaurant business before then, and luckily I wised up a little bit, <laughs> only a little bit, but I was speaking to a gentleman, one of the most elegant Italian gentlemen that I've ever known. Was this here in town? Nope. He he had a distributorship in San Francisco. His name was Walter Guerra. And Walter was, I mean, he's the kind of guy you look at and you think, now there's a classy guy. What made him classy? Just the way he was. Dressed he, he, classy? He dressed classy. He was, in, he was a very handsome man and he was very well spoken and incredibly kind. So, he was just a, a nice man, and, and at one time I asked, you know, we were talking about water, and I said, Walter, how can this water be so cheap? You know, we bring it all the way from Italy. It's, you know, $10 a case, and Walter said, well, you know you're just buying glass, don't you? I said, buying glass? Hmm. He said, the water's free. It comes out of the ground. He said, it either comes out of the ground and runs down the river into the ocean, hmm. or we put it in a bottle. Well, yeah, you're buying glass. You're buying a little labor. Yeah. Yeah. And you're buying transportation. Yeah. But yeah. So the water's free. Yeah. That's a point. So that's a nice uh mm-hmm. a nice situation to be in is to have your uh your raw product free. The Mount Olympus people know that. Ba 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 ba, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, 30 some odd years in the deli business and before that in the restaurant business. Yeah. All here in Salt Lake. All here in Salt Lake. I'm born in Salt Lake. No, I was born in Price. Oh, you know, and that's money. That's in money in the bank for uh, for ethnics. Yeah, you know, you're. You know, I'm not from Salt Lake. Yeah. I came from. Uh, you you're, know. you're truly ethnic if you were born in Price. Uh, yeah, or Bingham. Yep. 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 Greek and Greek, Greek and Italian, Italian and yep. and Asians. Yep. Yep. If yeah, you got to say either Price or Bingham. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, and that's true. Uh, coal mining people, mining people. Yep. Uh, and then people who sold things, ethnic people who sold things to the mining people. Right. Yeah. Uh, what did your father do? You know? My father was a teacher. In my Christ. my grandfather came straight from Italy to Sunnyside, Utah, which is just outside yeah. of Price, mm-hmm. um, in 1918. So what did he, what was his trade? He... I'm not sure what his trade was before he got here, but he worked in the mines. Came here to work yeah, in the mines. because, you know, one guy would come from a village and say, look, there's some work here in the United States. Come here. We can get you a job. Was it 1918? 1918 or 13. I can't remember. Was he, le- was it, uh, let's see, that was uh, just after World War One or? 
I think, yeah, it was after World War One, but I think my grandfather came here partly in a, a, you know, to avoid being in Europe during World War One. Things were and not, they were incredibly poor. Yeah, yeah, things were not good. The economy had gone to hell, and yeah. in Europe, and uh, let's leave no work. Uh, what what kind of a town in Italy have you uh, you've been there? I would assume I haven't been there. It's, never. <laughs> I've been to Italy, yeah. but I've never been to my grandparents' village. And we've started out a couple of times to get there. My my children have been there, mm-hmm. and we had usually when we the last few when we'd go to Italy normally we'd meet with someone that you know we know from doing business. Oh, let us take you around. So they'd pick you up at the airport. And then you just let them drive you around for two or three weeks. Yeah. So, you you know, it's kind of like a, a, a free tour. Yeah. And they know where they're going. They're native. They So I've never been to my, my uh, grandfather's village. When my son went, he went with a, a friend of ours who was one of our distributors. And they went and it was during... Um, it was in August, you know, and the Italians all closed down everything in mm-hmm. August. And so he takes my son, my oldest son, Matthew, who runs our business, and they went to the village. It's called Aiello. And as in Danny Aiello. As exactly. And, you know, a lot of the Italians, when they came over, they gave them their name of the village they were from. I'm not sure that's his case, mm-hmm. but um, that's what happened. Hmm. To a lot of the, uh, not just Italians. He's an actor, Dylan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's like a guy you guys both knew. No. Okay. Know of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In my case. Yeah. So they went into a bar and the, this friend of mine, the, the Italian guy, Capo Bianco was his name, said, uh, I've got a kid here. His grandfather, his great grandfather was from, from the village here, from Aiello. And oh, all the people gathered around. Oh, it's so wonderful. What was his name? They asked, what's his name? <laughs> after they gather around yeah. saying how wonderful. Well, what's his name? Caputo. His name's Caputo. They said, ah, everybody's Caputo. <laughs> so <laughs> the, 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 the shine had, had faded off the, off the oh. apple. <laughs> oh, Caputo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know Caputo. It's like Smith. It could in been, southern Italy. It could have been worse. They could have Caputo and run him out of the village. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and what, uh, so, what sandwich did you choose there? What do you? This is the uh, pastrami. Pastrami and Tony, we don't. Uh, you can eat and talk with your mouth full of food and stuff on. If you podcast. like, yeah, it's the let's okay. go eat show, so you can do that. You know you what? Want. We have no manners here. Being a, I never, I don't like going to lunch, and and my <laughs> wife, I've I've paid a price for that all these years. Yeah, oh, you come to you, lunch with us. Yeah, you. I get to earn money at lunch. I you make know? lunch. Yeah, yeah, I right. make lunch, and. And you know, people that go to lunch tend to turn lunch into, you know, a fourth of the day. Yeah, and I don't go to lunch very much either. Yeah. Actually, I usually we usually do it for work for this. Yeah, I so, yeah. I sometimes usually when I go to lunch it's because I'm doing this. Yeah, but other than that, I I either stay at work. I stay at work and just work. Yeah, I don't. And I, it doesn't mean I won't eat lunch, mm. but you know, being in. Being in your own yeah. kitchen. You will eat lunch while you're at work, yeah. while you're yeah. making yeah. lunch for other people. Or, mm-hmm. uh, so what was it like uh, for a young Tony Caputo growing up in Price? Your dad's a teacher, uh, probably at the school you went to? No. No? No. When, when my dad, I was born in Price. We lived there for about three years. Mm. And my dad, at that point, got a job in Salt Lake City. And so I don't remember living in oh. Price. Uh-huh. We came here when I was about three. And he was a teacher here in Salt Lake. He was a teacher. Did you go to the school he taught at? No. Hmm. No. Probably he just w- as well. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah. He he worked at, uh, he did a lot, you know, back, well, even in these days, I was going to say back in the in the day, teachers had to do more than one, mm-hmm. one job. But I Still think the case. They, yeah, exactly. And so he worked at the Boys and Girls Club. He was a physical therapist. And so I mm. went to work with him at times. Mm. He'd take us to the Boys and Girls Club. And mm. and uh, back when they had bowling at the at the Boys and Girls Club. Where was, where, what part of town? It was down on the west side. Mm-hmm. And they had these bowling alleys. I think they had like three bowling alleys. But you had to put the pins up by yourself. You were a pin so boy. So you'd throw the ball, go down, and set up the pins. <laughs> and so, you know, we were young enough that we thought, 
this is living. You know, we get to we'll stand behind here and set up the pins mm. and uh, and just fool around. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you grew up in Salt Lake, went to high school here. Yeah, uh, so did you uh, college yourself? I I colleged myself. I went to Westminster for a couple of years and bailed on that um, after I after I needed it no longer to avoid the draft, which you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Vietnam, Vietnam, yeah, yeah. And uh, then I finished years and years later. But well, so why the restaurant business? Is that what you set out to do? No, no. How did if, it all happen? What um, were you doing? Well, you know. It, it was very easy to get a job in a restaurant when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you could, you could quit one job because and, and of whatever reason mm-hmm. and walk next door and get another job doing the same exact yeah. thing. So it was very convenient. And uh, so I had some restaurant jobs in high school. And he, Sir, being a server or cooking? No, 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 dishwashers. And, Dishwasher, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and cook, but mostly dishwasher when I was in high school. Okay. If, if my uncle owned the place, then I got to be a cook. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. But, uh, Did your uncle own a restaurant? My uncle, I had uncles that had, I had an uncle that had some private clubs back in the private club days. Oh, what, like any that we would remember? Um, the Iron Horse, there was one. Now there's an Iron Horse up in Ogden, was that? No, no it was one up. here in okay. Salt Lake. It was in the basement of one of the... The, the building where C- the City Weekly is now. Oh, I think okay. The K- David Keith building. And he also owned the Radio City. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, just they owned some bars around town mm-hmm. and private clubs. But I didn't work. I wasn't old enough to work in those mm-hmm. at the time. You had mm-hmm. to be 21. Mm-hmm. So, And I had other jobs. And somehow I just I got back. I, I was working. What got me in, uh, I guess, permanently in the restaurant in the food business i had some restaurants and worked and worked and it worked out really fairly well until i had children you know my wife and i were married for about 10 years before we had kids and because you have no life you know and my wife and i our marriage was perfect because i worked at night and she worked during the day and you had no trouble for conflict and no time for conflict yeah, right. <laughs> you know you pass each other in the driveway sure. yeah I, my wife and i did that for a while yeah mm-hmm. i think it, it cements a relationship yeah you don't see each other very often yeah. no time to have kids either yeah well, <laughs> and that was our choice we didn't think we ever would but um when we did when she decided we would have kids and we did um you know it was you come home at two, three o'clock in the morning from a restaurant, and yeah, and yeah, it just it was nasty. No, yeah. So I did some other things. I did some retail consulting, which is you go and you help people blow out their bad inventory, is what it really boils down to. And all over, you know, throughout the country, we'd go. And now, that now wait, wait a minute. That that's an interesting. How, how do you have a job doing that? You work for a company that that people contract with. Ah, I see. You knew somebody who had a company that did that. Yeah, and they were based in Denver. And so I went to St. Louis, and I went to uh, Arnold, Missouri, and I went to Ashland. Doing liquidation sales. Doing liquidation. Ah. Yeah. And uh, do you ever ever work with T-Buff? Thomas Buffington? No. <laughs> no. But you remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what he used to do, that yeah. kind of thing with yeah. furniture mostly. Right, yeah. right. I did a furniture store in, in Arnold, Missouri. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> these guys got these little furniture stores. But, but that doesn't sound like it fixes the problem of you not being mm. home with no, the No, it exacerbated the problem. Mm. Or, was, or was the problem that your wife wanted you home less? Is that what it was? <laughs> she said, get out, Tony, go She travel. never... She didn't verbalize that, oh. but it, was <laughs> it could have been the point. Mm, sure, yeah, I so that, yeah. I came home, and and Frank Granado, who, you know, Frank Granado yeah. was the ethnic, he and Lou Dornbush started ethnic markets in Salt Lake Lou City. Don, Lou Dornbush, delicatessen, I remember coming down from Ogden. I think that's the first time I had ever had some notion of Jewish delicatessen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was that was our Jewish experience yeah. in Salt Lake City. Yeah, and I mean, time. it was like, oh. Yeah. Now, you know, and then later on, I got exposed to the wide world, but wow, this, exactly. you know, this is something interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, they, then, they just don't Granado, eat spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> and then Granados was uh, uh, an imp- and he he was very successful being an importer yeah, yeah. of Italian food and yeah. and making sandwiches and right. yeah. And he was involved in, you know, uh local government mm-hmm. and so um you know, on commissions and things like that. Mm-hmm. But but the Italian families back um years and years ago were you know my my grandmother and frank granado were you know she they went and bought their food from him yeah and so you always had kind of an end so i went to high school with sam granado who just recently passed away and sam and i were in high school together and so we were friends and coincidentally just as a parenthetical thing my younger son is really good friends with David Granado. Oh yeah, Dave's, yeah. Dave's he's a an kid. interesting fellow, yeah, isn't Dave. he? <laughs> anyway, here's a story about Dave Granado. I, I mean, okay. I, this is really Dylan has editorial rights on all these things. So Dave was probably about two years old at the time, and Sam and I are driving down the street, and I think I was driving. Dave was in the middle of the front seat back when there were you know bench seats, mm-hmm. and Sam was sitting up next on the other side and we're i i we're going up i-80 just as it makes the turn you know you're right before state street and david granado said to me tony there's something on your face (laughs) and i said what is it dave and he went a booger (laughs) (laughs) and he picked it out of your nose out of his nose oh out of his nose and put it on your face yeah and, and I mean, he, you know, David's still kind of like that. Well, he was, he was just the cutest kid. And, you yeah. know, how do you, you can't get mad at a no. kid for wiping a booger on you. So, I can't. I can. Oh, well. I don't know. He was, he's, he's, he's a funny guy. Yeah. He's, he's very, I like David a lot. He's, yeah. he's a nice guy. Anyway, so uh, so you're friends with Tony, or fr- friends Sam. with uh, uh, Sam. Yeah. And uh, started getting an idea that you're going to get into the restaurant business? No. That's a, I had no. been in the restaurant business before then oh. I'd gotten out and okay. came back. Okay. And so Sam said to me, there used to be an old guy that worked there named Reese Mirabelli. And Reese worked all the time. And Sam said, you know, why don't you come to work a couple days a week? Because I wasn't doing anything. I'd just come home from the consulting work, okay. the, the liquidation mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you come and work a couple days a week so Reese can have a day off? At Granada's. At Granada's. Down there on 3rd uh, yep. West. Yep. And I thought, gosh, that's you know, I like the food business. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of fun. And so I did that and I started out working a day a week and then two days a week. And then finally we turned, they didn't have a, a much of a retail. They were wholesale mainly at, yeah. at that point. You'd go in there. I'd go in there every once in a while. I think I was still living in Ogden, but when I'd come to Salt Lake and I wanted to get some you know, good Italian stuff, I'd go in there and yeah. buy, buy, buy stuff and take it home. Right. You couldn't get that kind of thing in Ogden. No, much. no. Or even Salt Lake, except at Granados. Yeah. And so they didn't concentrate on that. So, you know, you'd go into their little storefront, and somebody would eventually come up from the warehouse and help you. Yeah. And and then I said, you know, I told Frank and Sam, you know, they sliced salamis for restaurants and things. I said, you know, you guys can make a living off of what you throw away. You can make sandwiches out of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Because I'd been in the restaurant business. Why don't we mess around with this and so then it you know between sam and frank and myself we kind of turned that into more of a retail did operation. you did you ever yeah that place got really popular yeah yeah especially at lunchtime yeah i mean mainly at lunchtime right you couldn't i mean you had to stand in line and it was just packed trying yeah. to get sandwiches in there and there was as i recall there were some sandwiches there were sandwiches named after people or a few weren't there you know, <laughs> 30 years ago, so was there probably were, ago? but, uh, you know, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. And it was basically, you know, sandwiches. You got a turkey, you got ham, you, got, you know. I mean, and you could get this monstrous. The monster. The monster We used sandwich. to have a monster sandwich, and oh it was God. made out of a big loaf of bread. Yeah. A big round loaf of Italian bread. Yeah. Yeah. It was Feed great. about eight people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you go in there and stand, you'd stand in line. It took a while, but, man, you get some great sandwiches there took a while one because we were fooling around instead of working hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there were always people yelling and laughing and well that was it people would 
they, they came in, and it, it's kind of, you know, it's bled over into what we do, mm-hmm. you know. You, people say, I come in here because, you know, God, you guys yell at us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no free pass. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, that went on for well and successful for quite a while. Oh, yeah. They, they're still doing it. But they're not open there on 3rd West anymore. No. Though. That was a real estate decision. Right. They they got a great big huge warehouse they can pull their trucks inside. Oh, they're still a, doing a big a import stuff. They they do some import wholesale. Uh, they're not I don't think they're as big as they used to be, but it it's just a function I think more of the other guys are they're not, getting they're so They're not still big. making sandwiches, though. Oh, yeah, I think they do. Where do they yeah. make them? They've got them there. They've got that store out on Redwood Road. I know oh, I didn't that. know that. And they've got one in Holiday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and you, so you branch off and you start making your own Sam sandwiches. Sam fired me. Yeah. Oh, he did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fine. You know, <laughs> I have no qualms. You can, if you, if you own a business, you can fire a guy. Well, and yeah. So, and so, you know, and at that point, I was like 50. And so, you know, am I going to? Now am I going to go to law school and, and, <laughs> and start? So I, I we I called a guy that when I had res, the restaurant, he he worked for me. I gave him an interest in it, and I mm-hmm. called him up an hour after Sam fired me. I said, Chris, you want to get in the deli business? He said, I'll go in half with you, whatever you want to do. And this is 30 years ago about. This was 1997. And that's when you got the place on the, right there by Pioneer Park. Yeah, it took us about a year to find the right location. We didn't want we didn't want to be in a strip mall, you know, somewhere. We right. didn't. God bless Sandy, Utah, but we didn't. We wanted to yell at people when they came in. Mm-hmm. And Pioneer Park, being right sure. across the street, you had a lot of good good reason to yell at people. So we we. People thought we were nuts for going in there when it's, we did. It was an interesting decision, but I mean, it did it take off right away? Oh, yeah, it went. You know, and I think why is because it was such an interesting decision. We got so much television time and radio time from people saying, yeah. these guys are fucking nuts. And and it, I mean, it. I think I went in there, started going in there pretty, pretty pretty quick you know just heard about it and said i don't mind going down there i don't care yeah you know shit who cares that nobody's you know it's the same thing growing up in ogden you go down on 25th street you know people down there are not gonna bother you no you know it's just if, if you don't want to look at it don't look at it just go into the stores yeah. and say excuse me and you don't have to look at it just go to the stores you know yep well and and i <laughs> this sounds very crass but i used to tell people you know it's good for you every once in a while to to have to step over a bum you know when you're walking down the sidewalk and and not to make light of a lot of the things that happened but you know in the last several years um it got really bad just because of the crime well then the drug people move in and take advantage of people and that's what's really bad the homeless and the bums are no problem no yeah and and and, you know i I get in trouble every time i say bums but but you know there are people that like that lifestyle i had i had always someone from the park working for us um that liked that lifestyle yeah and interesting so now, what is what is this? Yeah, what is this sandwich? That's What's a muffaletta. Ah. Oh, that's. I think I had a muffaletta in uh, New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have guys from New Orleans that say, you know, yours are as good as the ones we have. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now this um, pastrami sandwich that you made. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me about the fixing on that because that is very unique. Really good. What's on? What? The 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 uh, pastrami. Some grilled got grilled onions, I think, and and just some sauteed pastrami and some oil some oil yeah a little oil and vinegar really good yeah so what we did when we first um what we okay when when i went into business to begin with this is gonna hopefully by the time i get to uh, telling you what about that pastrami i'll remember where i'm going i'll write it down Um, yeah okay um we we did we originally did sandwiches we we wanted to be in the import food business we want to sell olive oil and cheese and and vinegars and things like that Mm -hmm. 
um, at that time, there's no market in Salt Lake that you can survive solely by doing that. Granados had a wholesale business, you know. Uh, so by thinking you're going to open your doors and sell them specialty Mediterranean food, you had to be insane. So we sold sandwiches. And um, doing that, we had, to, and, and this sounds incredibly self-serving, but it's the simplest thing to do have to do with business is you find the very best stuff you can find to put on your sandwich to put on anything sandwiches you know wax on the floor doesn't matter what it is you find the very best product then you look at the price and the the price is always secondary (coughs) to us and it should be to most people um but we went, searched far and wide to find a pastrami that was greasy enough <laughs> that because pastrami is supposed to be fat. Lean. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be fat. Yeah. And if you bite into pastrami and it doesn't drip fat down your chin, then you got some mediocre pastrami. So wow. that's where we got, we searched, we found this, it comes out, out of Los Angeles and uh, we still use that same one that we've been using forever. It's really good. It's, uh, yeah, and uh, I think the I think the grilling it is yeah put a little grill on it. That's what's unusual yep. too. What now, uh, what product in these sandwiches uh, comes from the furthest away? Um, the mortadella in the muffaletta comes from Bologna. Well, isn't Bologna supposed to come from Bologna? That's, that's Bolo- mortadella is Bologna. Yeah, it's high class Bologna. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. What it is. Now I'm just going to look at the I because I'm not going to. I'm going to look just at the mortadella. It. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, isn't okay? Now this is that is ham. Ham, I think. Yep. Ham. There's the, there's the mortadella. Oh, there we go. Now the. Now I buy some mortadella sometimes from uh, Russian market, yeah, and it's pretty good, yeah. But it doesn't have the pistachios, yeah. And that's kind of you know a lot of people don't like the pistachios. I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I I buy I, and it's just pretty it's pretty good mortadella that I buy from this guy, and I buy it once a month, yeah, once every couple of months from him. I like the guy, but th- this is I really like the pistachio. Is it the Russian? Are they the guys out there on Thirteenth uh, East? Uh, no, Thirty Third South and Ninth East. Uh, oh, okay. Guy L- Lubitschkoya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Noam is. is his yeah. name. He's yeah. a he's a great guy. Yeah. His wife gives me pedicures every couple of months. Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> so when right. I get a pedicure, I buy some stuff from. Uh, so Noam. right, there's a little tiny market there. Yeah. So, so that comes from in the uh, pedicure shop. No, next door. Oh. What a, two no. weird things to do together in the same office. <laughs> no. no, it's there. Okay, all right. Thank God. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, this is – so it's, it's, an, it's an interesting and a hard thing, I would think, to do, though. You want to pick the very best ingredients for these sandwiches, often the most expensive ingredients, or probably the Sometimes. most expensive. Not always. So it's going to make an expensive sandwich. Yeah. Well, tell me where you buy a cheap sandwich. Why do you buy a cheap Where you buy a cheap sandwich. Well, Anymore, a you know, cheap sandwich is what, five bucks? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And an expensive sandwich is ten. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and it's, okay, so we'll, we'll just talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll say, this sandwich compared to a Jimmy John sandwich, there is no comparison. Not ever having a Jimmy John's, I, you know, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, it would be. And I'm and I'm not gonna I'm not telling saying a Jimmy John sandwich is a piece of crap. No, we don't want to disparage you know, it's, anyone. It's it's it, it's a sandwich you could eat. Yeah, it's okay. You step up a little bit. You I think they're a similar shape. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Jimmy's a nice boy. I'm sure. <laughs> and the, you know, and then you go. There's an even Stevens. Yeah. Those are pretty good sandwiches. Yeah. Not no. as good as these, well, but they're pretty good sandwiches. You know, and you pay mo- a little more for them than yeah. a Jimmy John's. Yeah. You know. So it's just I'm it, assuming. Yeah, you do. And you just make these comparisons and decide what you want and if you if you want a really really good sandwich. Um, I mean, I would I, you know, Tony you said they they uh, they looked for a long time for the right pastrami for their pastrami sandwich. Mm-hmm. If you want a pastrami sandwich somebody took a long time to figure out the best things mm-hmm. for it. You pay for that. Time. Now well and 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 you know, we we can still qualify that in that that's the best according to us. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, just because my son and I, because we're the ones that 
ultimately make the decision. Uh, just because we think it's the best doesn't mean it is. Uh, and, and again, like I said, what we'll do when we're contemplating changing a brand, because we've kind of found everything that we want to use now, we'll do taste tests mm -hmm. side by side. And then the last thing we look at is what's the price differential. Yeah. Do, do you ever need any help with those taste tests? Oh, God. <laughs> you should see. <laughs> I, have two, I have two granddaughters. Mm. One is nine and one is six. And these little girls have the most incredible palates because really? when, you know, Matt sets it, he's got this big island in his kitchen at home, and we'll set everything out on the island, uh, you know, blind tasting. When nobody knows except, you know, it's coded. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's, what's, what, what? So, like, you're, you're going to change the ham. Yeah. So you order, you go and you would research the 10 best hams in the world and lay them all out. Well, what we you? would do, we've we've found a ham we're happy with now. Well, At this point. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, okay. Yes. Um, we'd tried different brands and we'd all taste them and then we'd come to a consensus. And usually it's fairly simple. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a unanimous on, on a lot of things. Hmm. Because quality, why is one thing more important or more expensive than others? And it always boils down to time. Oh, the time it takes to produce. produce. The time it takes yeah. to, you know, why is one olive oil five times more yeah. expensive than another? Takes more time to pick it. You get less, you know, there it's a it's a factor of time. My son will tell you and I don't know why why this is, but I will almost inevitably in a blind taste test of whiskey or doesn't matter what it is. I will almost inevitably pick the most expensive thing. I'm, I, which is not to say it's maybe the best thing. It's the but best I would, in, to your palate. Yeah, but I'll yeah. bet it probably is the best. It's always the most expensive yeah. for sure. Well, and and, and that's what, you know, yeah. people just don't pull prices out of their butt to put on their product. Yeah. You know, there's a mostly they not. Have to. Yeah. Mostly not. Yeah. Now, tell me about this muffaletta. Do you do you know the the origin of that name by any chance? I don't. I've always nope. wondered why it's called that. I don't know. Some I'll, I'll have to look that up sometime. Some guy in uh, New Orleans. No. Um, but it what what is on this? What gives it the spice? It's got a kind of a kick to it. Yeah, that's a. See, it's it's called olive salad, and uh -huh. we bring that out of Chicago. The the olive salad already made. It's already made, but then we put more olives in it and mm -hmm. a couple of more things in it. Mm. Because it, the olive salad we buy out of Chicago isn't made. In a, it's called jardinera. You oh, know, yeah. like the stuff you buy in the grocery store, yeah, the pickled that. stuff. Mm -hmm. But the difference is the Chicago-style jardinera is olive oil-based, mm. not vinegar-based. Mm. So we dress that up, and it turns into a pretty good base for olive salad. And is that where the heat comes from? Yeah, there's, there's uh, some peppers in there. Mm. That's really good. It is pretty good sandwich. And it's got it's got kind of a kick to it, yeah. which I like. It just yeah. leaves a little burn on your lips, which is pleasant. And the best thing about the mortadella and the caputo is after about four or five hours sitting after they're made, uh, they get a little bit gooier. Yeah. <laughs> I will take and, those home. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I like them. We like to wrap them up when we go somewhere mm -hmm. in an airplane. You find that... Um, uh, you know, sandwiches, I think I was talking to Dylan about this the other day, about sandwiches. We often find ourselves talking about sandwiches. <laughs> they used to be a bigger thing than they are now. Sandwiches were a thing uh, that people did at home a lot. Yeah. I mean, you had leftover roast beef. You had leftover stuff at home. And you made sandwiches at home all the time with leftover stuff. And it's that people don't have leftover stuff so much anymore. Could be. They I don't, don't know. You know, I mean, I, I was telling Dylan, I worked with my grandpa in the summer, all every day in the summer in Ogden. And um, grandma would make, you know, the lunches for us. And, and at uh, noon, we would, just before noon, we'd stop working every day. We'd listen to Paul Harvey on the radio. <laughs> and we'd eat, we would eat the sandwiches that, yeah. that grandma had made every day. And, you know, it was leftover roast beef or it was tuna or it was... Whatever, and a little thermos of milk and a, maybe a Twinkie, and you know that's what you did. It was heaven. 
Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. The sandwich is wrapped up in wax paper. Yeah. In the lunchbox, the, the old metal, black metal lunchboxes with the thermos can <laughs> It looked like a barn. Yeah. With the round yeah. lid. Yeah. You know, people just don't do sandwiches much anymore. If they want sandwiches, they go out, they buy them, buy them. which is good for you. Yeah, thank but, God. <laughs> but, um, and <clears throat> so you do a brisk sandwich business most days of the week. Yeah. Uh, and mostly at lunch, I would guess. Mostly at lunch. And the beginning of that story was we needed something to carry us financially to the point where now uh, selling Mediterranean food products is our, is our money it. maker. Yeah. Mm. But it took, you know, it took good five, six, seven, eight years to get to the point where people can't – it's hard to get people – when we started – you know, selling three dollar and fifty cent a pound cheese was was a stretch. Mm-hmm. Now we've got thirty, forty dollar a pound cheeses, and yeah. and not that that it's it's a different world right now than it was when we started, and uh, so you can make a living off of doing that. Still down there on the corner. Yeah. Um, I remember that it, it was a, there was a restaurant. No, you're not on the corner anymore. Right? Well, you I'm kind of I'm off the corner, but yeah, the center of the block I still now. Call kind it of the back corner. in there. Yeah, a bit. in the uh, old Nelson Rick's Creamery building. Yeah, and uh, there was a, what's what's on the corner now? It's been uh, a restaurant. Re- yeah, it's an Italian restaurant. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, who whose is that? Uh, you know, I got there my next door neighbors, and I don't, don't know, know who it belongs to. For for a while, was uh, it was Wally? Oh yeah. You know, we, Walter. Walter. And it wasn't Walter's. Walter was the manager. He was the Osteria. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, when you go into Walter's, call him Wally. Say, Tony Caputo told me to come and and say, hello, Wally. Will he like that? No. (laughs) (laughs) He gets a kick out of it, but, you know. But he won't like it. No, no. Um, And then, um, now, for a while, there was a, you, you guys had a restaurant back in there, too. Do you still have that back in the... Off the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's where our whole operation is now, off the corner. Right. Uh, but there were, there were tables back there, too, in the restaurant back, back in the back, in the back. Um, Am I misremembering well, that? And, uh, where you walk up the ramp? We're miscommunicating. Yeah, walk up the ramp. I've yeah. got tables in there for the yeah. sandwich shop. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like I remember going to dinner at night there. We had... <laughs> Got, you know, you probably all know people, oh, let's get in the restaurant business. Yeah. Well, my son was in the deli business and we sold, you know, he was in it. Right. And we just, he, we want, he wanted to have a really good Italian restaurant. Right. And that's, I remember going and there. we for, had one. Yeah. But, but what we didn't have was the desire to start a new job. And... The guy we had, the chef that we had was very good. The food, I missed the food. It was so good. I remember, and it was really like just down-home Italian food. Yeah, yeah. Like like red red, so- uh, red sauce with uh, sausages and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and it, it was really good. And But neither he nor myself wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we worked, you know, I, I get there at 6 in the morning. And, uh, yeah. and so... It was a it was a good, fairly inexpensive inexpensive lesson for my son to realize how badly you don't want to be. You just in a really don't want business. to do it. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of what I thought. I thought it was there, but it was a blink of an eye. Yeah, it lasted okay. maybe six eight months. Okay, okay. I'm glad I. I yeah. and I think I went there two or three times because yeah. it was really good. Yeah. Okay, I remember. I thought I was going nuts there for a second. Good job. Well, you could have been going nuts. Well, not I may in, still go not nuts. Not in that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So there we are, Tony Caputo, and now you're doing the deli there, and that's kind of that same location. People come in and buy meats and cheeses and yeah. uh, to to take home and make their own sandwiches, and then they or they can just buy sandwiches right. and and uh, fine chocolate. And fine chocolate, and that's yeah. been that's been a part of the business for quite a while. For a good. Probably seven, eight years we've been incredibly serious about chocolate. Tell me about all of that. And um, and and Salt Lake has been, interestingly enough, kind of a... Mecca. Of chocolate. Yeah. And, and there is really good chocolate made right here. There's, there's 
world-class chocolate made right That's here. That's weird. Not, here's what it, what may not be quite so weird about it. Um, chocolate's made everywhere. You know, it, yeah. it, it has really nothing to do with where the cacao is grown. Um, Salt Lake, we kind of think that it boils down to the fact you can buy the best chocolate bar on the planet for about say between 15 and 20 bucks the very best you can't buy the best wine in the world for i don't know 15 20 bucks no. you can't buy the best anything for that kind of money but but you can buy the very best chocolate and you can buy incredibly good stuff for 10 bucks and so you know, I think that's why it's kind of taken on a glow here in Utah where, you know, Utah isn't as provincial as it used to be and it isn't no. as provincial as people like to still make it out to be. No, it is not. But, um, you know, there are a lot of people here who aren't going to go out and buy an expensive bottle of wine. But by God, they can buy the best, the best chocolate in the world. And you sell it. And we sell it. Um, we import it. We distribute it. We, and you have probably have fun going and seeking it out, too. Uh, my son does. Hmm. I, I clean the parking lot every morning and <laughs> swab the toilets and change light bulbs. But um, So he's gone all the way through the game. He started off di- doing dishwashing, and he's all the way back full circle now, his son yeah. dishwashing yep. for it. Yeah. It's good. Well, and it's wait, a good gig. Now, wait a minute, but Tony, you made these sandwiches today, didn't you, yourself? Or did you have somebody make No, in them? fact, I made those at home before I did came, you? yeah. So it's Tony. No, he's no. lying. No. That's a, no. He had some I, meals. At 9 o'clock, I called up my guys and said, look, you guys, I need some sandwiches. Yeah. Will you tell them that they did a great job? I will tell them that. Yeah, they do do a great they job. They do. Tony so, taught me something before we leave the chocolate thing. Well, I didn't want, I was going to go back to it, okay. but go ahead. You, uh, you were talking the other day about chocolate and wine. Yeah. Tell me about. It now, seems it's something that a lot of people like. Think that's a good thing to do. They do. But and, and my and, my wife, I think, is a chocolate and wine well, person. I'm I'm quoting my son on this, who is truly, you know, not only is he my son and I love him dearly, Matthew. Uh, Matthew is one of the the go to people in the entire United States about chocolate. No shit. And people come hmm. to him from all over. The, when when some chocolatiers around the country are changing, uh, you know, they want to produce a new type of chocolate, they want Matt's feedback. How did he become that? God, I don't know. Did he? Just, did he... he studies, he studies hard, hmm. and he probably eats about a pound of chocolate a day. Testing and tasting hmm. and his daughter i've got a my my granddaughter gianna who is eight she did you know they have the talent shows at school mm-hmm. well last year in her elementary school her talent show was blind tasting <laughs> of chocolate i swear <laughs> to god that's awesome yeah that's and fantastic she she would taste the chocolate and tell the country of origin <laughs> so i mean <laughs> but um, so funny. Matt just really loves chocolate, and he loves knowing about it. He, you know, he he studies did, incredibly hard. Did he hard. go anywhere to do it, or just self taught? Self taught, but he's in contact with with people. You know, some of the best chocolate minds around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of our people that we're the uh, importer for. Uh, Omnom chocolate is out of Iceland. They're Omnom. giving away a t- free trip to somebody, you know, that wins the gig to go to Iceland, and and you know, and and they take him. He has he just had a, pe- a guy here from Vietnam, some chocolate makers for his. They have a yearly chocolate festival, and he'll bring one of the the people that you know. The, the the great chocolate makers will come here hmm. for the chocolate festival in Salt Lake, Gee. and he speaks all over the country. Who Man. who would who is the biggest? Oh, so you uh, were going to talk. Well, you going to talk about chocolate and wine first. And ah, the, yes. Yeah. Um, the nuances that are produced in wines are very complex. 
They have to do with, you know, the terroir. They have to do with the way they blend the the, the grape juices. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's picked, blah, 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 it's yep. full of weather, nuance. Weather and, yep. Chocolate's the same way. Hmm. And th- his, not only his, but the, the contention is that they're both so nuanced that by trying to combine the two, it defeats the total purpose of what the, the chocolatier has done and what the winemaker has done. Mm. And it kind of, um, you know, is yeah. is self-defeating. You're just, it, it's too overwhelming. Too overwhelming to be able. Now they do a lot of beer and, and chocolate tasting. Beer is a little more simple, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Mm. Yeah. So, huh. okay. That's, what were you going to ask? Um, I was going to, you said, who would be like the, probably the biggest importer of fine chocolates let me guess i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna guess yeah in the world in, America. Mm. in the how about the world in the world i would say america no no I specifically w- I, I don't know belgium specifically, maybe no 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 no, no 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 not belgium a priori which is our wholesale company is the oh. largest oh, right. distributor of craft chocolate in the world so you you bring it in and then distribute it yeah so who, the largest producer of chocolate in oh, the world? We don't deal with those guys. You know, they're, uh, it could be Calibo. It could be um, Guitard. I would be willing to guess it's probably Guitard and under the auspices of Nestle. Uh, yeah, Nestle owns everything. Best, biggest country? Biggest country, per, uh, biggest producer? Um, per tonnage? Um, yeah is what we kind of disregard because if you're making chocolate by the right. ton there's there's then it's some not issues be great. No. well you know you, you we really I try to go out of my way not to disparage what they do I mean how do you say that that uh, Ghirardelli is not a great company yeah well you they might not make the best chocolate in the world mm. but they spill more than we sell yeah, yeah. I mean you know it's the same thing I with the sandwiches I from earlier, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the Jimmy Johns. It's just no, not and what I don't Caputo's think there's, I, you know, a Hershey bar, a bar of Hershey's chocolate, you know, it tastes pretty good. We eat it. Yeah, <laughs> it tastes pretty good. I, I can't let my son hear that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was, I just saw, I was, I didn't eat it, but there was a Hershey bar sitting on a table at work the other day, and yeah. I thought, I've eaten plenty of Hershey oh, bars, yeah, and they're, yeah, they're yeah, okay. Same with me. Yeah, they're all right. Yep, there's nothing wrong with that. And, I, you know, and I'm and I people say, oh, you eat milk chocolate? Yes, I do. Yeah. I like milk I chocolate. I like milk chocolate. You know. Here's what, and, and you know, some of the, our, the, the best producers we get, they make milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. What they don't do with it, uh, most milk chocolates are basically vanilla. Hmm. And when you bite into that chocolate— you're going to taste vanilla and sugar mm. and, and, you know, a really, you can tell the difference, but between a, a great milk chocolate and a, and a, you know, really mediocre because the one tastes like cacao and one tastes like vanilla. Right. Vanilla will, will cure any <clears throat> ill if you so, put enough. So when you come down to uh, Caputo's down on third West, well, third, third, yeah, third South and, third. and yeah, third and third, uh, you can buy Fine chocolate from all around the world. All around the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there are people there who will help you and tell you, well, this is this and this is that. Yeah. And there are people there who, who yeah. know what they're talking there about. Are people like there. people, like the, the wine store on 3rd East. Perfect. There are some guys there, some of the guys there, they really know what they're talking yeah. about when you talk yep. to them about wine. Yep. Uh, and there are people there who will tell you about chocolate. They're, my son trains his people very mm-hmm. well. And they do. They they really know what they're doing. And is it is it worth uh, uh, investigating or talking any more about a priori? Is that just a that's just a distributing company? And that that's yeah yeah. It, I mean, that's, just, we've covered. It. We sell to restaurants and things yeah, like okay. that, but only a couple. Yeah, yeah you know, I feel I feel bad because I've you know been into Caputo's a bunch of times recently. Tony and I are working on a project together that we'll probably we'll get talk to about right that now. In a second, yeah. But I I've been there that many times and not gone and looked at the chocolate. I'm going down. I think that's what I'm just going to get everybody for Christmas is some good chocolate. That's a really good idea. I mean, just get Thanks. Don't people. steal it. You can't have it. 
Well, I mean, I, Dylan, I have chocolate to get give to other people other than you know. right. But we give gifts to all the same, a lot of the same people. Yeah, but who who hates too much chocolate? Yeah, that's fair true. enough. Yeah, that's true. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Uh, and so, you can say in a separate note, mine was better than the one my dad. Gave. <laughs> yeah, or this was Whether my was idea. If my dad gives <laughs> some of the, some chocolate to it, was my idea. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, so you started doing this thing uh, called Old Coots Giving Bad Advice with who who is it, who are you doing it with? Um, we do it with Lou Borgenick, Gus Wheeler, Chris Van Oker. Carol Sisko, John Lesnan, and who am I forgetting? Rich Klein. Now, this started out, you know, you're an old guy. You go to have coffee with some guys once in a while. Yeah. Probably. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. mainly my brother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Whoever it is, old guys got nothing to do. So we, us, we got together on Saturday mornings down at my store having coffee and, and lying to each other and bullshitting mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, solving the problems of the world. And having a good time. We've done it for years and years. And at the beginning of the farmer's market this year, you know, we looked out the first week and there's all those people over in the park. And, you know, it's got their dogs and their their kids and their strollers. But we looked and we said, you know, why aren't we over there sitting around instead of sitting here in my store looking at each other for Christ's sakes? Mm -hmm. And so... And, you know, we were just joking around about it. I went down to the printer. I got a sign made, and I took it to work with me the next Saturday. I said, we're going across the street. I called Allison, who runs the farmer's market, and said, Allison, can we have a free spot? We'll take take a shitty spot where there's a tree and nobody Mm -hmm. else can set up a booth. And uh, she said, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we went and did it, and we just sat there and drank coffee. Yeah, and bullshitted with each other, and all of a sudden, people started coming up and asking us stuff. Now the sign said, "Old old coots giving bad no old coots giving advice." Giving it's advice. probably bad advice, but it's free. Hmm. And we called it. We I was just going to call it old guys giving bad advice because that's kind of a a, mm-hmm. a term that includes everybody. But the woman in the group wanted it old coots, so we weren't. We More gender inclusive. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And she pro- and probably nobody. I would have. I would have tried to insist on old farts yeah. giving advice, <laughs> yeah. but but nobody wanted. Crass. Yeah, you don't get a you don't get a headline in the Washington Post post mm. with old farts giving bad probably advice. Probably. Yeah, it's crazy how this thing's gone. And Allison, the lady at the farmers market, said after our first week there that they got more hits on our booth. In the entire than they had in the entire time on anything else at the farmers market. Do you remember people when people started stopping by? What what were some of the kinds of things they asked you? Were they serious? Oh yeah, really? They were, no, they come up with you know a lot of them are, and we thought it was going to be a joke, you know, because it was kind of a joke to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ask some really incredibly serious stuff. Some stuff like, for oh, instance, um. I'm trying to there was a guy that came up and you never know if they're if they're giving you the business. Yeah. But this guy starts talking about how he he keeps seeing these people in his house. And his girlfriend is standing behind him and mm-hmm. and this guy is just he looks terrified. Mm-hmm. And he's a big burly guy and uh and he's scared to death and he keeps seeing these people in his house and nobody else but his daughter sees them. And this woman, his girlfriend that lives with him behind him, she's going, going like this. Yeah, this he's, he's being yeah, serious. Yeah. yeah, And he said, sometimes even when I come home after work, I'll sit on the front porch because I won't go into the house alone. I know they're going to be in there. Yeah. Oh. And so, you know, what's our advice? What do we think he ought to do? And we said, well, you know, you need to get some therapy. That's one thing. And we were all kind of you know, stuck on that. And then all of his, his girlfriend said, I was hoping you'd tell him what I told him, that he should see a medium. And, and that kind of clicked because, you know, a therapist you're going to, you know, you might as well buy a house because yeah. you're going to be paying a mortgage payment every month. But a medium might be able to get this guy's problem or sure taken care of actually that's not bad advice is it? no it's very good advice you know what my advice would have been what move yeah. <laughs> no they went with him 
Oh, he tried yeah. that. Yeah. That ah. was our first advice. Yeah, okay. And his well. daughter sees them too. Yeah. But, but so, you know, and we get a lot of health issues, and thank goodness that we have a, a doctor, a retired doctor. Lou. Yeah. Lou. Yeah. And, uh, People ask, uh, uh, somebody, when I was there, I spent a couple of Saturdays with the, the Coots. People said, you know, my, my husband died and I've, uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I've fallen in love with this new man, but I still, you know, feel like I don't know if I can move on how do i move on from my dead husband i mean people ask serious yeah yeah emotional questions young people ask questions young people more than old hmm. and that what is what really surprised us <laughs> because we didn't expect we didn't and they ask you know theirs are usually based on on finances um love and relationship more more attractive young women come up to us and tell us how they cannot find uh, a, you know, a, a boyfriend. A boyfriend. I'm going to say, yeah. A yeah. partner. Yeah. Or a partner. Yeah. yeah. None of them came up when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he had this sign on the front of him that said, I'm available. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. 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 That's a, dead, a metaphorical no, sign. That's a desperate sign. So it was, you know, it's, it turned out to be, it, and it's really fun. And I don't remember hardly any of the questions that people ask us. You know, that's funny uh, that uh, I have for a long time wanted to write an advice column. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just uh, in, a, in a, like, maybe this, I'm going to get a hold of John Saltis and yeah. ask him, I say, John, I think I need to write an advice column in City Weekly. Yeah. And just because I, I this think, I've lived a long time. I know stuff. Yeah. Well, nobody. Yeah. My kids don't listen to me. Maybe strangers will. No. They do. That's the title of your your column. <laughs> my kids won't listen to me. Maybe yeah. you will. Yeah. I'll answer your questions. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, now. So you do a podcast of this now? Yeah, we've started to do that, and I, and I had no idea how that was going to work out because because our big thing at the park is you got the person right in front of yeah. you, and you can interact, and you know. Guy tells you how his knees hurt so bad, and I look at his shoes, and he's wearing flip flops, you know, and he's a two hundred and eighty pound guy. Well, <laughs> you know, you say, "Well, get a new pair of shoes for Christ's yeah, sake, and lose some of those tonnage, yeah. buddy." Yeah, yeah. Well, so do all of them participate in the podcast, or just a, a few it's of? It's a rotating band of coots. Tony's yeah. always there; yeah. he's the lead coot. Yeah, and uh, the other three seats kind of rotate. Carol's you, been on every episode. Yeah. Carol, pretty much. Yeah, well, she's yeah. been on every episode. Yeah, yeah. So. And you've met Lou. Uh huh. Yeah, Lou's an interesting guy. I yeah. like Lou. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm got more power to you. I hope this is a big, big hit. If people want to send in questions for, uh, how do they do that? Old Coots giving bad advice at gmail dot com. Also Facebook and Twitter, uh, all those, all those places. And uh, we're uh, we just posted the Thanksgiving special. So there are, uh, there's a question in there uh, that's based on a conversation you and I had that I kind of sent in anonymously about should you Bill piles all of his food into a big lump <laughs> and eats all of it. I remember that question. Eats all of it with a big spoon. Yeah. Well, no, and, uh, I, not with a big spoon. I eat in the European style. We put it on the ground and my, he eats like a dog out of I it. Have a, I have a, my knife in one hand and my fork in the other. And I, you know, and I kind of nope. pile my food together and eat it that way. I don't like my food touching. Well, so no, and a lot of people do. See, to me, you know, whatever works. You're supposed to mix it. Yeah, I just have my wife put mine in a trough. And yeah. I go out, and, out on the back. <laughs> they strap, they strap on a, a feed bag. I'm going to start. I'm going to start blending my food and then drinking it with a straw. Well, and that was one of the suggestions. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. They're 25 to 30 minutes once a week. They're not very long. Yeah. And, um, yeah, these, these guys are all uh, characters. You know what? Uh, here's, a, here's a suggestion for getting more questions, too. If you uh, figure out a way to do it without it be too ob- uh, obtrusive, put a little question box in, in your store. Yeah, I could do that. Put a little box in your store, and if you have uh, questions, you can just put them in the box, and then you can answer them on the podcast. There you go. Uh, Tony, pleasure to talk to you. Hey, it's been fun. You are really, uh, you are a nice, nice man. I, I, it comes across in just <laughs> conversation, and, and it comes across in your sandwiches, too. Damn, those are good. Well, thanks. Thanks. It was nice to be here. And, and the rest of my family will enjoy them, too. You know what really got me? What? Because I, I listened to a couple of your your previous. Just to see what they were like. Yeah. Recent ones or old ones? Or? I, there was a, an actress, a woman named Mia Tate. 
Yeah, that was a recent I remember that because I listened to it yesterday. And then there was a guy that does um, uh, something for that quit the church. I'm going to call it the Mormon church. John DeLynn? Yeah. Oh, that's a fairly old one, yeah. Yeah. He has a very popular podcast called Mormon Stories. Well, and so I thought, you know, he's talking to some people like, you, you, you called the sandwich guy to come in and talk? <laughs> I, I'm supr- I don't know why. It is absolutely unbelievable to me that we've done this podcast for eight years. Mm, I didn't know that. Eight years. And we haven't had Tony Caputo on the Let's Go Eat show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> why. That's what's, why we had John DeLynn on before we had Tony Caputo on the Let's Go Eat show. It's not the Let's Go Pray show. Uh, well, I think I think it's because John was in the news at one point, and Fair, and, Tony, yeah. well, and now and Tony's been in the news. And yeah, so. well, yeah. There's there, there's a level of interest that some people provide. Everybody that, likes sandwiches. Well, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, so uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Uh, we'll be coming into the uh, deli more more frequently than the last. I, I bet the last time I was there was when the restaurant was briefly open that you well, and your son didn't want to run. No, well, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask you when the podcast is over uh, uh, where you go for Italian food when you don't make it yourself. I'll right. ask you when we're done. Okay. okay. All right? I'll, I'll tell All right. you. All so right. that's it? Yep. Uh, that's the Let's Go Eat show. Thank you, Dylan, for producing the show. Old Coots giving bad advice on iTunes. Uh, Stitch Spreaker, all of those Spotify, places. Google, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wherever you find, wherever you buy your podcasts, which you are don't free. have to buy because uh-huh. they're free. Yep. Uh, all right, that's it. Remember, uh, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. Yeah.